The Fraser Institute has come out with the 24 facts for 2024. Canadians should understand impact and government policies, i.e. the Trudeau government. Now, the Fraser Institute, just so you know, because it looks like they don't get paid off because why would you say something like this? Because, you know, the middle class and those joining the $10 day daycare, safety is amazing. Uh, we've never been safer. Canada's doing amazing compared to everyone. Okay, what? Okay. They're saying the 24 facts and the the Fraser Institute is as public policy think tank and is funded through donations from individuals, corporations and foundations. It may also receive funding from endowments and grants. The Institute is known for its libertarian and free market approaches to policy. However, specific details about individual donors and proportions of funding for various sources are typically not publicly disclosed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, still pretty good. Okay. The first category, and it is in a couple categories, the 24, Canada's economic crisis. So the average Canadian income has stagnated in 2016 to 2022. That's pretty well not much change or a rounding error at about 55 thousand dollars something like that meanwhile the united states has seen an average increase of 66k to 74k so seventeen thousand dollars less canadians make under the trudeau regime you know the we are back on the world stage this is what has happened is everything's gotten worse let's look at the next one here canada ranked just below louisiana 57 58,000 in average per person income and slightly ahead of Kentucky. This is not exactly a bar Canadians should be aiming for. Ooh, seems a bit of a insult zinger there, but okay. Yeah, that is, I guess when you look at it, that, that means all of Canada is worse or just the same as Kentucky and Louisiana. It's not even like, um, well, it can't be California, say New York or something like that. So yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a shot at the States, but anyway, it's, uh, it tells a telling tale. Next one. And this is the economic cooperation of development. I think that's the, uh, yeah, ex I thought it was Export Canada. Well, Canada will have the worst performing advanced economy in 2020 to 2030 and from 2030. So basically from now for 40 years because of Trudeau. Where are those green jobs that you know, they are amazing world, you know, all those green jobs. I, I never understood where are they? And I tree planting, they've been doing it for a hundred years anyways in the summer for kids. So that doesn't count. So yeah, finance manager, she should care, but you know, they don't. Next one here is Canada's economic crisis is due to a large part of decline in business investment. Business investment per worker in Canada declined 20%. I think a lot of this too, when Trudeau, for example, froze the bank accounts, I think that they, when that happened, the world banks, like in Hong Kong and outside of Canada, they called up Trudeau or they called up TD Bank and those counterparts and said to him, what the hell are you doing? I think that's what happened. And they flipped it back over because it was just scared them to, sh to the shits, really, that the Trudeau government do that, did that. And they can say it is like uh, Canada's a democracy and all this stuff. When they did that, I think that put a huge tarnish and companies, they are scared that the Trudeau government can just go in there and take everything away in a heartbeat and not even be 
charged for it. This is why it looks like they do need to be charged. Someone needs to be charged or a thing, in my opinion. Okay, the next one is... And the next one, in 2024, Canada invested about 80, per, 80 cents per worker for every dollar. And in the USA, it was 55, so about half. So all that means is government spending increased a lot to get investors in Canada. The government spent it. No wonder, no wonder too much spending. Okay, the next one is... Okay, all this is saying is that Canada, from 2024 has uh, spent about $300 billion more. You know, ask yourself, what, what better services for $300 billion? Are there more hospitals? Are there what? W what else is there? Like faster garbage pickup? Better schools? I don't know. That's a lot of money for nothing. And also, they said, too, in, in Ontario, like with all the money Catherine Wynne has spent, how come the sidewalks aren't paved with gold? And what happened to that money? Okay, let's look at the next one. Okay, so from the onset of COVID from 2020 to 2023, the government has increased about 12% government jobs with 3% private sectors. So all this, you know, when the unemployment numbers were low, all Trudeau has to do is hire more government employees. And then when they publish it, they, you know, part-time, full-time, they don't need to say which one. That's something that should change when Pierre gets in to say the jobs are created the, the government ones and the private ones, you have to separate them. And you have to have, like, the, the private ones, you know, on the stock market are privately held. You cannot be a different uh, government that gets government grant and does everything. So that makes sense. Let's look at the next category. Fiscal crisis, impunitive spending, and massive deficits. I thought we already talked about this, but let's have a look at the next uh, category. The Trudeau government has increased annual spending, okay, not interest, by 75% since 20, 2014, from $250 billion to four, nearly half a billion dollars a year. Once again, where where is all this extra services that you're getting? I mean, you can leave a comment of where you think that is below, but I don't see any of it actually happening. Okay, the next one. With federal spending at nearly about 12000 Canadian, the Trudeau government is on the track to record of five highest levels of person per spending in the Canadian history. So this all this means is the government at twelve thousand dollars person. Can, can the Canadian, I don't get it. The Canadian government spends twelve thousand dollars per person, and it's the highest. So they're just spending a ton of money. And all of this, when Trudeau says we are doing this for you, it's him. Trudeau says he's doing it for you. It's not his money. That's what he doesn't get. Okay, let's look at the next one here. Okay, so here they're saying that the spending is 4 million federal, provincial, and local governments. Government employees across Canada, that means all federal, provincial, and municipal, and for our sake, it's all of them. Because you know how they always blame it's the provincial or the municipal or federal? It doesn't matter. Taxes are taxes. Like, if Toronto increases its taxes to... 10 or 16 percent it doesn't matter because the federal you still have to pay federal tax you still have to pay hst like it's just all of it is taxes in our eyes okay here's the important point 31 percent higher so government workers make 31 percent higher wage than private sector and that i know is uh, pretty serious 
Okay, next one here. Okay, the Trudeau government used large increases to borrow and tax increases to finance. Federal debt has ballooned to two trillion and is projected to be two point four trillion. Let's listen to Trudeau how he doesn't care about any fiscal responsibility. Let's do this. Yeah, servicing costs on that are going to be very high. Sorry, the, the servicing costs on the debt you're going to have to carry, you're, you're adding to now, right? Interest rates are historic lows, but oh, okay, it's still a lot of money. No, 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 it's still a lot of money. No, and and you don't know where. Okay, so so so, but how how are you going to pay? Well, how are you going to pay for that? Well, you're going to increase taxes. That's why they all see it. it's not rocket science, but uh, it's not rocket science at all. That's how, you know, he made it sound like he was this great opportunity to spend a ton of money and say that it was him, but now you have to pay it all back. So that's really the point on there. Next one is this. Okay. Combined federal and provincial debt in Canada has nearly doubled to from 1 trillion to 2 trillion. Wow. That is a lot of debt. And I don't know why they, uh, now they, they, a lot of these numbers, they're separating, you know, provincial and federal and whatever. But yeah, uh, if you mark this down in 2014, which is about the middle, yeah, he increased a lot of spending, a lot. And yeah, with Gord, was a smart guy who asked, asked that question. Now we're paying for it. Okay, the next one, tax increases and Canada's affordability crisis. Let's have a look at this one. So this is the taxes, and at the end, 45% uh, of your income goes to taxes, which is more than housing, food, and clothing combined. So at what point, how, how much more does the tax need to go up? 50%, 60%, 70 Like, I don't get it. What point? And to me, this number, this is where the United Nations should have a benchmark to say that no country can tax more than like 25% of their citizens like there has to be some uh some somewhere that it stops it cannot go forever it doesn't matter the services the, you know they're not what services have come up for nearly doubling everything like you can't even imagine what that is now here's a chart saying that to uh, 40 clothing is 35 percent taxes are yeah 45 so 10 percent more just goes to taxes yeah okay let's look at the next one here Okay, housing and groceries dominated the news last year, but in 2022, the average family spent about 1,500 more on housing and 1,000 more on food while the government extracted an extra $4,500. You know, this is where they're sending you a check. You're getting more than you can. Uh, you're putting tax money in and you're getting more back. The, all they're saying here is that it's not true. And I don't know why. I mean, I do know why they don't want to say this. The, the government, it's not, it's not going at all. It's not going with they, what they're saying. So when someone tells them, tells them this, what do they actually do? Do they just ignore everything? Because that's what it looks like. Let's look at the next fact. And this has to do with the, you know, we're uh, cutting taxes for the middle class and those joining the middle class. This is Trudeau's slogan for about four years. Every question he ever got, like, what movie do you like or what book do you read? Oh, not, not a book. He doesn't do that. But what movie have you watched or something personal? He's always said the middle class and those joining it. All it's saying is that 86% of those middle class are paying more. So that whole four years of talking points is all out the window. Now, 
Let's look at the next one here. Okay, more than 60% of the lower income families in Canada now pay higher federal taxes because of the federal government. This is once again the opposite of what everything that Trudeau has said. It's the total opposite. I, I often wonder who's surrounding him. Like, you know, when they say you only want to surround yourself with positive people, that's what it looks like. The only people that will tell you something positive and never tell you anything about reality, what's going on. Okay. Next one here, 74% of Canadians surveyed believe the average family is being overtaxed. Well, I wonder what the overtaxed, like what are other countries, what's the worst overtaxed country that there is? Well, these are all the personal income tax, the highest personal income tax. So Finland's 57%, Denmark, Japan's 56 Oh, I thought Canada is just getting worse, but it's actually those other ones. 45% in Australia, all the governments spend like crazy. United Kingdom, okay, let's keep going down, where's Canada? United States, Ecuador, oh, 37% in America, same. And Canada's 33% here. I don't get it. It's 45%. So how can they, how can, you know, you got to wonder all this data too. Who's doing this? Because it doesn't seem to... Uh, relate. This is what, once again, the United Nations should do this for the world and stop being getting money from governments or whoever to fudge the data because all of us should be looking at the same data. Let's uh, keep going. Yep. Okay. Now we're going to the next category. It's a bit more damaging energy and environmental policy. Okay. This goes straight on Stephen Gilbo and the queen of taxes, uh, Catherine McKenna. So let's have a look in here now what this is about. Okay, in the federal government, there's a com common belief that the Canadian economy is undergoing a fundamental rapid change of green technologies, yet despite massive regulation subsidies, StatsCan shows the green economy amounts to only 3% of gross domestic product, product and directly um, roughly employs 1.6% of the jobs. So it's uh, nothing. So these green jobs of the future where are they? Because we don't make solar panels or, you know, you want to show the picture of them putting the solar blades in the ground and burying them because they can't do anything with it. So yeah, this is directly on Stephen Gilbo. Let's look at the next example here. Okay. The recently United Nations Climate Change Conference pushed a transition away from fossil fuels despite significant spending on green energy for a long time. The amount of fossil fuels yeah, we know consumed worldwide actually increased 60%. Yeah, I've seen this too, where the world wants fossil fuels and oil and, and LNG, liquefied natural gas, and they're not doing it. Look at the, in Ukraine and Germany, you know, we have the liquefied natural gas. Trudeau said there's no business case, which there is, yet we said after we told him to go fly a kite, then we said we ship over some social influencers to talk to them about uh, poutine, how great it is. All that salt and fat. Yeah, that's, that's our contribution, Canada's contribution to that. Let's look at the next one here. You know, this also has to do with the, the LNG that we should be sending it out. And the, there is a, the business case. If China, we all buy stuff from China, when they open a coal plant in a city to make products to ship over to us, if we sent over liquefied natural gas or something to help them not use coal 
it would save. I think the important point is here, the reduction would be equivalent to, look at that, 0.004% of global admissions. I almost think I need to do a separate video just for uh, Stephen Gilbo to have a look. There is the uh, example on that one. Let's look at the next one here. Okay, this is, has to do with the housing. A newly constructed home in Canada will increase by 55000 on average by 2030 because of its federal government stricter energy efficiencies. You know, they've had this energy efficiencies for a long time. I don't know. I would guess 30, 40 years. And I think, you know, a lot of houses too, there's, uh, there's always improvements. You have to maintain a house, have to have money to maintain a house and to fix stuff. You can't go around putting all these regulations in. This is part of the red tape that they need to get rid of. Let's look at the next category. Our failing health care system. And I think I'll do a separate one by minister because they, they should be listening to this. Next one here. How good is our health care system? Canada's average health care wait times hit 27 weeks. Oof. The longest recorded and nearly 200% longer than the 10 weeks in, yeah, when the, yeah. You know, what's sad about that is, I mean, we'll all need healthcare at one point and waiting for a test to find out something that could shorten your life. It, uh, those, those months are uh, horrible. And it just shows at the end, when you look at this stuff, waiting longer and more people and them not building hospitals is really crazy. And, you know, with Trudeau, even Doug Ford and all those guys, what hospital, I'd like to know, what hospital have they gone to? How long was that wait? Because why do I got a feeling they fly to France or to Germany or in America in uh, Palm Springs and go see a doctor and don't even bother going to a Canadian uh, place to do any tests? Among the, the group of 30 high-income countries that have University Accessibility Healthcare, Canada spends the most money on healthcare per GDP. And, you know, this is where, you know, you can, I can get the example of Christian Freeland saying, oh, there's two or $300 are, we're spending on healthcare. Uh, you know, it's hiring more people or more uh, business people, paper pushers is not it. It's actual doctors and nurses that they need to spend. So it doesn't matter even if it's $10 trillion dollars. If they don't spend it on the right thing in healthcare, it doesn't matter. They have to cut. They have to be efficient. And the only way they'd be efficient is just raise more taxes. Let's look at the last example here. And despite the high spending, we are a poorer performer among this group. Canada has the longest wait times, ranked 28th out of 30 of the doctors, 23 out of 29th in the number of hospital beds. Ugh just horrible. And I, I've seen this before too with the wait times. So I'll have a look in detail about this, but I know this is, uh, this has happened. So anyway, those are the 24 facts that I know this was a long video. I'll do one where it breaks it down a little bit better if you made it this far, but which ministers actually should be held responsible. Thanks for watching. I hope that was informative. See you in the next video. Don't forget to like and subscribe.